imperative that God tells us to be thankful. And it's also an indicator of the last days, uh, perilous times that the Bible predicts would come. In those times that would come, perilous times, dangerous times, difficult times would come. And there's a whole list in 2 Timothy chapter 3 where it goes down things that we can look for as signposts to what time period we're in. And tucked in there is a word that you might slide over, but it's being ungrateful or unthankful. We live in a world that is very um, uh, victim-oriented. You owe me because I'm a victim. Very little thanksgiving going on uh, for what we have and things that we enjoy. But it's, uh, we've come to a, a whole diff- different kind of time in our culture. But God said that would happen. And... Um, In this coming week, we will have a national holiday to do as uh, people and families, um, as a nation. Uh, We're going to spend a day and be thankful, I pray, that we'll take advantage of that. But it's not the political or governmental thing that I'm concerned about. It's God's word. It's God's word to us, God's command to us. Uh, for daily living, not just an annual event, it must come from our hearts. And so I was teaching a couple of weeks ago on this subject, where does Thanksgiving come from? Now, I I hope that you're going to see my humor in this. You probably won't because I'm twisted a little bit on what I think is hilarious. But anyway, uh, in Leviticus chapter 27, I began this, and I'll give you the six points very quickly or five points very quickly, but the very first one is that it is from heaven to earth. God established thanks in the Levitical system where men and women were able to bring a sin offering to the Lord by the blood of uh, bulls and goats and lambs, and it covered their sin. It was a wonderful mercy action of God that man could have his sin covered. It wasn't permanent. Uh, It was all anticipation of the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's coming and would come, and he is the final sacrifice for sin. But in those days, that's what God established, the high priest and the sacrificial system. But then it came to um, chapter 7, and verse down to verse 11, it was called the fellowship offering or the peace offering. And so in the midst of all the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the guilt offerings, and all those different offerings, verse 11 says, Either re- these are the regulations for the fellowship offering anyone may present to the Lord. And he gives three different types of these offerings to bring to God. It said in verse 12, and this is the law of first mention. This is the first time in your Bibles from the beginning Genesis here to um, Leviticus. The first time in your Bibles is the word thanks or thanksgiving. This is about, uh, uh, I forget, 650 years after the life of Abraham. So it was a long time before God said, it's time that you learn how to give thanks. I'm sure it was there before, but this is the first mention. Verse 12, if they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with this thank offering, they're to offer thick loaves made without yeast and without olive oil mixed in. Thin leaves, thin loaves, I'm sorry, made without yeast and brushed with oil, and thick loaves of the finest flour, well kneaded and well with oil mixed in. Along with their fellowship offering of thanksgiving, they are to present an offering with thick loaves of bread made with yeast. They're to bring one of each kind as an offering, a contribution to the Lord. It belongs to the priest who splashes the blood of the fellowship offering against the altar. 
The meat of their fellowship offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the day it is offered. They must leave none of it until morning. Now that phrase is what I find very humorous because this gives you license to eat until you bust on Thursday. Let me read it again. It's got to all be eaten before morning. So on Thursday, when you have proceeded to make yourself just over full, just think you've got to finish it all until morning. Now, I don't think that's a biblical stand. I don't think that that's what God was referring to uh, because it doesn't say anything about the love of leftovers, you know, because I'm wanting some leftovers on Friday and Saturday. But I thought that was a little humorous application for today. But the point is that God established us to be a thankful people, and he gave that. And the second part of that uh, uh, study on Thanksgiving is it not only comes from heaven to earth, but then we offer from earth to heaven. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for protecting us. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for the future. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of a birth. Thank you, Lord. So we give thanks up from earth to heaven. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Uh, we, we come before him with thanksgiving. And then that's, that's giving thanks to God. But then there's a me to you kind of thanks. It's in scripture where Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. It's an important thing to be a thankful people. To give thanks to people for what they've done for you. For serving you. For uh, lifting you up. And then um, it's, it's, it's part of, uh, of thanksgiving from me to you. And then there is from glib to serious. In other words, thanksgiving is not just to be a, a thing we are flipping about, oh, thanks, you know, whatever, thank you. But it's to be a serious thing because God calls it serious. He said it's part of his plan for man. And when man fails to give thanks, we're in bad times. We're coming in a time of perilous times. And then there's that final one that's from God to me in 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, where God says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So God tells me and he tells you, you be thankful and rejoice and give thanks. It's God's will. We all know, I believe, the Lord's prayer or the model prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That part of your kingdom come, your will, what's the Father's will? We just read about, or I mentioned it. It is to give thanks. So what's going on in heaven? Thanks. God says, when my kingdom arrives and it comes down to you, may his kingdom come and his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Let that include thanksgiving and being a thankful person. Not just his rule and his order, which are absolutely vital to our lives. Now, Thanksgiving is often in advance. Thanksgiving is one of those things that we give thanks in advance of the, as, as hope. If someone's going to deliver something to your house you, and you've made the arrangement and said, well, thank you, I'll anticipate you coming. There's a thanks that is an advanced kind of thanks. In advance, we pray, Lord, and thank you for answering our prayers. Are they answered yet? Well, in the, in the course of eternity, they probably are, but I haven't seen the fulfillment yet. So I offer thanks for that, that uh, promise kept by God, and it's going to come. It's an advanced kind of thing. So oftentimes, we give thanks in advance of the event or the action. And then there's a present tense thanks, the present tense that's right now. If you help me lift up a box, I say, hey, thanks for your help. 
If you come by and say, well, let me help you do your leaves. I'm still waiting. Never mind. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am not waiting for anybody to come back uh, by. Judy and I have tackled it. Uh, waiting for, well, our grandson helped too. So thank God for grandchildren. Um, they're excellent slaves. I mean, helpers. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a thanks that, that comes in the present. It's the food that's going to be brought to your table sometime today, and you say, thank you. Thank you for that. To the waitress who you go out to eat, the waitress is going to bring you food, and you say, thanks. Thank you for that. It's a present tense uh, action, a gift given, a thank you. But let me submit to you that thanks really um, has its strength by a backward look. It's something that has happened in the past that I now I get it, I'm looking back, I have some understanding, a memory, I get it now, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the home I grew up in. I wasn't always thankful for that home. You know, all of us as teenagers said, I can't wait to get out of here, and some of you did, but about 10 years later said, you know, it wasn't so bad back there. And you call up mom and dad, say, thanks, I appreciate it. I remember our youngest son was born, and um, uh, he was coming up in his years, and he was gonna go to kindergarten. And we chose to send him to a Christian kindergarten, which costs money rather than a public school. It costs us some money. So I went to my dad and I said, how in the world did you ever do this? How did you pay for the Christian education that he gave us? And uh, maybe, you know, we had a pretty large family. It's not as large as some, but it was a pretty big family. And um, he said, well, I've paid for 110 years of Christian education. And it's no wonder I can't retire. I have no more money. Thank you very much, he said to us. But I said, Dad, thank you. Thank you for the, the, the foundation that we got. And, and not everybody's privileged to have that. And I had it. So it's looking back and giving thanks of God's provision. Judy and I look back in our life and we can see the provision of God over and over and over and over. It's a backward look as it's in the past. You might thank God for your third grade Sunday, or school teacher or Sunday school teacher, etc. This is time of year we call it a Thanksgiving offering because it's a harvest thanks. It's that, that uh, looking back over the past year where the farmer uh, looks back and said, I cleared the field, I planted the seed, I weeded and removed the weeds from it, I watched it grow, grow, and now I have the harvest, and now I declare, thank you, Lord, for the harvest. See, so looking back and saying, look at all that has happened, and I'm thankful. And you can also look back and say, well, I wasn't very happy when it didn't rain for those two weeks, and I was concerned about my, my crop, but God answered that prayer. And so spiritually in my life as well, it is a looking back from darkness and the bondage of sin to a life of freedom and God's grace that I find in Christ. I want to share some thoughts with you. I hope that uh, they'll stick with you or cause you to think that I got from a friend of mine. And I say that guardedly. Uh, I've not, actually never met him, but I like to call him Bill, but he likes to go by William. Um, he wrote three volumes of a book called The, the Christian in Complete Armor. Um, he wrote them in 1662 to 1665. 356 years ago, he wrote a book 1,200 pages long. And uh, I've read the book, uh, I can't say word for word, but I've been in it a lot over the last 20, 30 years of my life as a pastor. And I was looking back to see, what is the big deal about Thanksgiving? And I found a chapter that he talked about the recall 
of God's mercy. Because that's what thanksgiving is. It's a recall of something that God has done in my life or your life for which I give thanks. It's, it's looking around, certainly, but it's looking back. Turn to the book of Esther chapter 6. Esther uh, chapter 6. Now, you're going to find uh, Esther in, after the Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, Esther. Esther chapter 6. The marking of your thanksgiving and a record of it is important. When you have something to be thankful for, write it down. Remember it. Make a note of it. Record it. I thought of several different passages, but Esther chapter 6 gives a story of the king, uh, verse 6, um, Xerxes. He said that night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed uh, Bithana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. Well, what honored recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Well, nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. And then he outlines, and I won't take the time to study this or refer to it. You know this story. But because the king read an account of his life and reign, he found that there was a man who actually saved his life and nobody told him thanks. No one gave him honor for that. Nothing happened. It, was, oh, thank you. it wasn't even thank you very much. It was just that nothing ever happened. And so the king looks at the record, looks back over his, uh, his reign. And he said, what do we do for this guy? Well, nothing. We didn't do a thing. And then he had this, and that's a marvelous story as well, where he made Haman, uh, that villain of the story. He said, you go and give honor to Mordecai for what he's done. The record, you see, revealed a blessing or a, an escape that the king experienced that he needed to give thanks for, and it was written down. You see, when you take that note and write something down and say thank you for, and you keep a record of that, whether it's on a scrap of paper or a diary or, or journal, that becomes something of your story. When one of our sons was in kindergarten, I remember the, the young kindergarten teacher probably just got out of college. In fact, I think she did. But anyway, she had this, bring in a soup can. Make sure there's no cut edges on the side of it. And we're going to make something. And so they had catalogs. Remember this, where you go through the old catalogs or magazines and cut out people and cut out things you find. Well, they had to cut out eyeballs. <laughs> this is, you know, very... It, it was a long time ago, okay? 40 years. Okay, they cut out eyes, eyes, eyes from people, an eye here or there, and they had to tape them on their can. It was called an eye can. Get it? An eye can? Okay. If somebody nudge the other person and say, wake up. He's going he's to be over sometime soon, I hope. All right, the eye can. And when they learned to do something, they would write up on a piece of paper and say, I can tie my shoes. I can spell my name. I can count to 10. And they filled it up with the I cans so that when, whether it was Steve, Sam, or Joe, they say, tie your shoes. I can't tie. Oh, no, no, you can. 
You wrote it and you put it in your I can, remember? Okay, I'll tie my shoes or count or whatever. It became a record of something they accomplished. Now, the writing down of the thanks of God is that I can go back now and I can look back and say, thank you, Lord. I can see that. So that when, as a believer, and I don't care if you're a young believer or a, a brand new birth believer, you've just accepted the Lord, or you're just coming into that, you don't understand fully, or if you walked with the Lord for 25, 50 years, I don't care. As a strong believer, sometimes the pressure, the enemy, and fear come crowding into you, and you don't know what to do about that. It's time to go back and look and say, but God, you were there and you helped me all the time so this can dispel my fear for the future it's remembering what God has done and when I look at that I can read the lasting uh, th those books of God's gracious dealing with my life and, in, and endure that night of affliction the king couldn't sleep he looked at his book I wonder how many of us in the sleepless nights when we're filled with concern and worry about our nation or our life or our health or our friends, or our family, or our children, will bring out our book and say, but God, but God, I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it back there. And because of that, I can see you do it now, and I'm going to trust in you. You know, David wrote a lot of scraps of paper. Well, I don't know how he wrote it, but Psalms. Go to the book of Psalms. I don't know how he wrote this. I don't know whether they are scrolls, probably a scroll of some kind, but we read in the Psalms just a, a, a clear record of a man's heart after God, and he writes his thoughts. Go to Psalm 77. Psalm 77. Psalm 77, I'm going to look at a bunch of these in the Psalms because David wrote them down, and they became his record, they became his story, they became his song. But Psalm 77, look at verse 10. Then I thought, okay, the, the then I thought refers all the way, way back, like, well, just look at verse 1 and 2. I cried out for God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. And when I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring my hands, and I would not be comforted. But then 10, verse 10, he said, But then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Oh, I want to read the rest. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. You know, we just sang that song. You're the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. He said, in my distress, I will remember. Then I made my appeal. God, uh, the years, you did it. You see, Thanksgiving just doesn't roll around once a year and it's on a Thursday in November. It's to be a lifestyle that remembers how God has been and how God is. I had a friend in, in high school that uh, his family were hunters and, and uh, he invited me to go uh, coon hunting with me. And now I'm not a hunter, didn't grow up as one. Um, 
I know how to find the best pizza in town, and I can find hamburgers, but I'm not a hunter. That's just not, never to do that. But he said, we're going to go coon hunting tonight, and we're going to train a dog, a new coon dog, hound dog, to chase after the coons. Anybody ever gone coon hunting to see if I have a bunch of hillbillies in the group? No, excuse me, that was probably politically incorrect to say that. I don't want to character, I'm in trouble. Anyway, so we go out. It is like 1 o'clock in the morning. And we're by the road, and the woods are right there, and here's all these guys. They got their pickup truck, pick trucks, and they got their dogs. And the dogs are anxious. They got and they get the new dog out with them. And they're, they're all barking, and the guys are standing around and talking about their dog and how they're going to catch this coon and all that stuff. They're not going to capture the coon. They're just going to let the dog hunt. So they're all ready to go, and they say to the lead dog, go get him. Okay, so here they go. Woof, 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 all the way out through the woods. You hear them. And you can hear the old guy saying, well, let me see. Old Blue has got him over there. Oh, he's lost his scent. Okay, no, no, we found him again. And then I'm thinking, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it's cold. I'm out standing on a highway. It is dark as dark can be. And we're just sitting there talking, listening to dogs bark in the woods. And I reminded myself, do I ever do this again. Just pat him on the back and say, that's fun. Anyway, so... The dog, they, but the dog, they finally said, oh, they taught the young one how to, because the dogs went nuts. They got up up in the tree, so they all walked in the woods. Get their dogs, I go home. Anyway, but what happens with a dog that is a hunting dog like that, they get the scent, and they're on the trail, and they're moving with the scent to find what they're looking for. And then they lose the scent. And what does that dog do? That dog has been trained to go all the way back and sniff and sniff and sniff until he picks up the trail again, his bark changes, and then he begins to follow the, the new trail. He went backwards to where he lost the scent and found it again, and then with greater confidence than ever, began to, to chase after the goal. God asks us, when we've lost the scent of his grace and mercy... To go back in our memory and say, it was there, and I want to find it, and I want to walk in thanksgiving now with greater confidence. You see, God has a way for us. He has a desire that we might. So when I'm at a loss, and I don't have hope, and I can't see in my trial, and you might even question, am I even saved, Lord? I don't know. You go back to see how, what God has done for you and for me. Thanksgiving is a big word. God's riches and promises are so rich, and, and um, some are received right now. Some are we're not going to get till we get to heaven. But there is going to be something by giving thanks looking back. Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Not only is thanks to be recorded and remembered that way, is that for the believer in the Lord Jesus... You have, who have opened your heart to him. There's promises in scripture that you need to grab hold of. There's promises that my sin will be taken away at the cross. That the guilt will be removed. That, that darkness will fly away. It will be gone. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Again, I could study the whole section of scripture. Verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master. Because you're not under grace, or you're not under the law, but you're now under grace. Has the power of sin been broken in your heart? 
is, is, is it, has the power of it been taken away? The Bible says that sin will no longer have dominion over you. Has the prince of this world, Satan himself, who you used to willingly follow, we used to do his stuff, has he been dethroned? Have you taken him off of the throne of your heart? We sang a song this morning. It says, Amazing Grace. And what was the chorus of it? My chains are gone. I've been set free. If you don't have anything more to be thankful for, that ought to be enough. That you have come into a place where Jesus has set you free from sin. And my chains are gone by the power of his blood and his name. And I can give him thanks. I can give him all the glory and thank him. Because I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not that anymore. I've come out of darkness. That chain is broken. And now I'm walking in life. Sin loses its power. No dominion. Why? I'm walking in his grace. Go to Psalm 17. The psalmist gives this comment about his life. Psalm 17. Psalm 17. In the NIV, it doesn't say it the, the way that I understand it. I had to go back and look at other translations for it because I didn't understand the word vindicated, but it's a good word, but uh, Psalm 17, verse 15. He said, as for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I wake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. In other translations, it says, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness. You see, when Jesus saves me and you, it's that we might be conformed to the image of his son, that we might become righteous. He has clothed us with his righteousness. And then I can walk and I can be satisfied. The psalmist said, I will be vindicated. I will be, I'll be covered with righteousness because of what God has done for me. That I can walk and be satisfied with his likeness. Thankful for salvation. Maybe for some of you that's been so long ago that you forget what you used to be. But think about it. Take a backward look and say, oh my, that was really, I was so lost, so without hope, so empty. My life was, and I realized that I was a sinner and I needed to be a savior. And the Father drew you and you open up your heart and my chains are gone. I've been set free. Joyful thanksgiving. Number three, have you ever felt God's hand supporting you? Supporting his hands, lifting you up during the temptation, during the trial. Psalm 73, go to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. And verse 23. You see the memory of God's goodness and his hand lifting us up, gives us hope, helps us uh, rise above the hardest trials that we're going to face and do face and have faced. Psalm 73, verse 23. 73, 23. It said, yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you're going to take me up into glory. Whom I have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire 
besides you. You've held me by my right hand. I've held you, lift me up. Over and over in my life, I've talked with people who have gone through hard, hard, hard trials, loss of family members, loss of jobs, loss of things, and made mention, well, we, praying, we were praying for you. We were lifting you before the Lord. And they would say over and over again, and many of you can give the same testimony, and you could say, I really felt it. I felt God sort of wrapping me in his arms as he lifted me and carried me through that. You see, that's God's support. I will uphold you and I will lift you up. His hand lifting us up and we can thank him for it. You know, David would have been terrorized by the size of Goliath had he not experienced God's help in the past. He faced a giant who was big. You know the story of David and Goliath. He was huge. He was arrogant. He was a brutal-voiced man who came down from the Philistine army and mocked the God of Israel. You remember the story. Let's turn there. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. Uh, The story of David and his battle with Goliath there. You see, in the midst of that, David said a few things to King Saul and said, I'm willing to go and fight Goliath. He called him an uncircumcised Philistine, one who was outside the covenant of God. He said, listen, I have already, figuratively uh, speaking, have already fought the lion and the bear. I've already fought my Goliath. This one doesn't bother me. I've already done it. I've already seen God's deliverance. I can face this trial because I saw God's deliverance over here. Look at uh, verse 37. I won't read it all, but 37. The Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear. He will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He said, I have seen God work. What is the point of all the wonderful things that God does for you in the past but that it comes now into your future and says, you can, you, God said, I'll, I will take care of you. David said, listen, he delivered me back there. This is no problem. Why? Because I remember in my record of thanksgiving, I can do this and God can give this to me. You see, his pa- our past experience, go to Psalm 22 again. And we'll, uh, I was going to say we're going to stay there, but we're not. <laughs> so Psalm 22 Now, verse 21, he had written this. Our past experience with God are a sure foundation for hope in the future hardships. Thanking thanking God for what has been done and expecting that care to continue is the process. Psalm 22, verse 21. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from, I mean, that's in verse 20, the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. He writes about that. Rescue me, Lord, from the lions. Now, finally, I want to give you what I hope will be a way that you can grab hold of this matter of being a thankful person. You see, every blessing, turn to Psalm 74, Psalm 74. Every blessing that God has given you Every way, time that God has delivered you, everything you receive from God has in it more than you realize. There's more in what God has done than you and I take account for. 
We are very, we're very thankful for that action, but we don't understand what God has wrapped up in that action for you, and I hope this will help you. 74, four, uh, beginning verse 12, chapter 74, or Psalm 74, 12. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. It was you, I'm sorry, this is not David, this is Asaph's, Asaph's psalm, but it's the same. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of the Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. It was you who opened up the springs and streams and drew dried up the ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours and the night also. You established the sun and moon and on and on he, on he goes. He said, Lord, it was you. You were in action throughout our life. You were the one. Go to the book of Exodus 14. Tell the person beside you, he said, my fingers are getting tired from this, but I'll keep doing it because this is good. All right. Exodus 14 is when the children of Israel were up against the Red Sea, the, and they had nowhere to go. There's mountains on the side, the enemies coming behind them, and the waters in front of them. And this was a time when God miraculously parted the waters. Exodus 15 gives the song that they sang to the Lord that day. 15.1, I will sing to Yahweh, for he is highly exalted, both horse and rider. He is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He's my God, and I'll praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army has hurled in the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep covers have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. And on goes the song. All they saw in their eyes was the miracle that they just experienced. That's all they saw. But I submit to you that God saw something more in that miracle. He saw that they needed to know his power for the next 40 years in the wilderness. They needed to know that God was big enough and strong enough to take care of them when they faced the wilderness journey. They could, they could live on what God had done for them in the past. And God says, that was good. I mean, I did that for you. But I know what you're going to face, and you need to grab hold of this in thanks and praise but you need to continue to walk in that. It becomes a pillar by which we can stand on. We can feast on what God has done. But then we hold it in our memory for the future. One more verse out of Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. I'll begin at verse 6, but we're going to look at verse 10. But verse 6. Isaiah, rise, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower 
and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God compares his word to the rain that comes down and provides bread for the eater. I would suggest to you that that's something that satisfies today. Bread for the eater. You're hungry and his word comes and you eat and you're satisfied. But what about the phrase that said seed for the sower? Seed for the sower. That's in verse 10. He said uh, it yields seed for the sower, bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. You see the farmer never uh, sells all, all his corn. He keeps some for seed for the next year, uh, the next crop. You see, we need to hold some of the things that God has done for us, enjoy it, but save some to remember. Save something to plant and to give you strength in time of need. The Bible says that David got impatient. He said, in my haste, I said, Lord, do something. Oftentimes, we don't hold on to what God has done back here as seed in the sower because there's going to come another day that I'm going to need what God has for me. So when you come to Thanksgiving, you can look back and say, well, God, you were so good there and there and there and there. So what I'm facing now, it doesn't seem so good. But wait a minute. I took some Thanksgiving seed from back there of his goodness and grace, and I'm going to walk with this. Final scriptures. Look at Psalm 71. This is the final one. I'm sorry, Psalm 31. Psalm 31. Verse 21, I have to go back and start at 21. It says, Praise be to the Lord who showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I'm cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. But the proud, he pays back in full. And here's the final word, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Be strong, take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Thanksgiving often is what has happened in the past, but Thanksgiving is also living in the today because of what God did in the past. I give thanks and I'm strong and I take heart take courage we're going to conclude our service with that chorus one more time give thanks with a grateful heart worship team if you would come I'm going to ask that you would just sit quietly for a moment and in your mind would you just maybe close your eyes and and do an inventory inside of your memory can you see a place where God has done something in your life that maybe he might remind you of this morning and you can say, Lord, I look back at that, I thank you. You saved my life back in 2000. I remember I was in that accident in, in 1992 and I remember in 2014 where you rescued us from bankruptcy, my wife and I and our family. I remember when, when our son was sick and you healed him. I thank you, Lord, for that. Just go back and, and recount and bring it into now 
and say, no matter, no matter what I'm seeing, no matter what I'm facing, you're good. You're more than enough. Your past actions in my life, and I don't care if you're 15 years old or 75, 80, whatever, you have life that you can say, God has taken care of me, and I give him thanks, and on that I stand. And I'll take courage and take heart because God's been good to me, and I'm thankful. Take just a moment and just remember. William Grinnell said in his writings that that ought to be enough for a big feast. You can just eat on it, feast on it. But I'm saying it's something that you and I need to live in today. To be thankful. To give thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. Stand with us. Give 